Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Badgedamia, and happy week of gratitude. Bill is in Ireland eating, drinking, and seeing things with his mom. Danelle, shout out to Danelle and Bill. Uh, yay. yay. And so the amazing, wonderful, and witty co-host Kim is back today to fill in. Kim, how you doing? That is a lot of pressure to be witty today. I, I hope I can <laughs> live up to it. Well, fingers crossed, man. I'm good. I'm not working today. Um, I don't want to timestamp us too much, but it is Thanksgiving Eve. So I guess I totally just time stamped us. And so I'm just in like full food prep mode today. Speaking of full food prep mode, what's your favorite turkey day dish? Oh, okay. So I actually, I love making something out of the leftovers. So I actually make a leftovers pizza with the leftovers and I make, I make pizza crust. And then I do gravy as the sauce and then mashed potatoes, turkey, the cranberry relish. Maybe I'll throw some green beans on there. Um, Gravy. And then I do vegan mozzarella cheese on top and then I bake it and it's perfection. That sounds amazing. It's really good. It's really good. So I think, I think that. I really like green bean casserole. Like I could eat a lot of green bean casserole and pumpkin. I'm a fan of pumpkin pie. Um, so I do have a question when you say your cranberry relish, do you, are you team jelly from the canned cranberry sauce or are you team fresh cranberry? So I make it. And I'm trying a new recipe this year. One of the alumni that I work with sent it to me. She was telling me about it and she sent me the recipe. So I'm trying it. This is the first time. It's boozy. Um, There's port in it and there's orange liqueur. So I can't, it smells really good. I made it on Sunday because it needs to like set and gel and everything, but it looks and smells really good. That's so exciting. Everybody likes it. Yeah. You'll have to report. I kind of like the weird canned stuff. I mean, I like the fresh stuff too, but like, yeah, nothing, like more nostalgic than just like whatever substance that canned stuff is. Yeah. Well, we used to do it. We used to have it when I was little and it would be fun to like have it like plop out of the can and then it'd have um, the ridges. And then you would just place it on the ridges. Like that plop is just like such a, it creates such a feeling, you know? It's like when you would pour out like cream of mushroom soup into a recipe and it would just like out of the can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's oddly satisfying. I think so. I think so. Absolutely. So before we jump into this week's episode of The Bachelorette, I think we need to talk about all of the drama that's happening in Bachelor Nation. <laughs> it has been a week. It has been a week. So oh, it's Katie, day three of a week. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like wild. It, um, so Katie, 
broke up with Blake about a month ago and she's been posting pictures of her and John on Instagram for a while as friends and made it official that her and John are a couple. Thoughts on this, Kim? So I've never liked, I did not like Blake. I think it's very clear about that in Katie's season. So I'm not sad that they are no longer together. Um, although breakups suck. Um, even if it's a fake relationship, which I think theirs was, um, I identified John as one of my tops before this season started. And I was very, I don't want to say devastated because that seems a little extreme, but I was very sad when he went out so early. So I felt a little vindication in my like taste that he he's back he's better than ever he's ready to go so i i'm excited for them i'm excited i hope they make it for a while um katie and john two thumbs up yeah i mean i felt i saw like a little reel of them and of course you know that's clearly them picking and choosing what they're showing but i thought that they looked super cute together i've never been a huge fan of blake either and um I too sort of shared your sentiments that maybe their relationship, I felt like their relationship was like more of a pact that it was like, Oh, you know, we're going to make some money off of this. Like this is going to help us. And so like, yeah, like almost like, Oh, things didn't work out with Greg. And so she's like, we're on the same page, Blake and I. So like, this is what we're going to yeah. do. And yeah. so like, I don't, I mean, it's not a good look for Katie in certain ways, but like most of the show isn't. So like, whatever, do your thing, girl. <laughs> well, and I think you had, I, I think that they probably said you have to choose somebody for the end of the season. And I don't, I just don't think Blake is, I just find him so boring and so meh. And, and he keeps coming back. He's it's like, go away. You clearly are not successful at this show. Please stop coming back. And if he is one of the upcoming bastards, I'm going to be really annoyed. Um, but I just, he was so, he was boring for her personality. Like she was a very vivacious and energetic and very much, I think, knew herself. And he was just kind of like. I just think he's a little broy for me. And especially yes. her kind of having, though it's somewhat confusing, but kind of having some feminist vibes. I just yeah. felt like there is somehow like a disconnect there. Yep. Um, but so I'm excited. Go Katie and John, do your thing. Um, so then Hannah B released her book, like Beautiful Mess or something mess, like hot mess. I don't know what the title is. Um, you can pick it up for 30% off at Target right now, I think. It's already on sale. <laughs> yes. And um she uh in the book admits to well, it's kind of complicated because she says that she hooked up with Peter during his season. However, whether or not it was actually like when they were filming her his season or when his season was still airing is I is a little complicated I will say bachelor data did a really good timeline <laughs> um 
And so if you need to kind of check it out, give Bachelor Data some love. Um, But yeah, so that's, you know, both shocking and not shocking and whatever, Hannah B. I think that that happens all the time with the different cast members. And I think that she just seems like the kind of person that would just be more open about it than probably most of the other cast members. Because now that I've become part of Bachelor Nation, I follow a couple of Instagram accounts and people are constantly like sending in pictures of the Bachelor people out in the wild. And they're always in different groups. And so I think that that, is just something that happens. It's and a really incestual. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if like you never, if you grew up in a small town and nobody ever left and you just started dating each other, like everyone was just, it's like a small, it's like a small town high school where you like date everybody and then you kind of run out of people to date. And then maybe you find out that you were actually dating like a set. This never happened to me, but it did happen to a friend that maybe you're actually dating a second cousin. And so you have to stop because you've run out of people to date. <laughs> I mean, Legit- yeah, it, it is. It's legitimately like a, happened in my hometown, but like they- a, it's like an ancestral small town where everyone has abs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hometown. <laughs> <laughs> everyone looks good in a swimsuit. You know what? Everyone does look good in a swimsuit, but everyone in on in this small bachelor town has like 16 abs. Yes. 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 So then Tasha and Zach broke up. Um, and that's yeah. disappointing. I wasn't sad about that either. Cause yeah. I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I don't, I, uh, I didn't like him very much either. I felt like he wasn't the re- he wasn't the real deal, Danielle. He wasn't the real deal. I just felt like he, I don't know how to say this other than to say it. I just don't feel like he's like good enough for her. That like she wasn't, I'm like, girl, do you got some confidence issues or what? Because I feel like she was like, like you're on this TV show. You are the bachelorette. Like you don't downgrade, you know? Yep. (laughs) I don't know. So yeah, lots happening in Bachelor Nation. Um, keep it going. The holidays are always a wild time for families. So <laughs> here we are. Um, so we got four episodes left of The Bachelorette with um, Michelle. And um, we have hometowns on the horizon. Um, and this week, you know, we've got kids. So we got Luke, Ahmed, Kelsey, and Jaylene, and Mrs. Young's students are brought in to help her make decisions. Yeah. Okay, the I biggest question kids. on my mind is, do you think they are really her students? I, absolutely not. I think they're act. I think they're kid actors. I'm sure half of them are in the Guthrie uh, production of A Christmas Carol right now. <laughs> that little cutie is probably Tiny Tim, but. Um, I don't care because I loved them and they were super adorable and fun. They were super wonderful. So um, they were coming in with the tough questions like who has the worst breath? Have you ever been grounded? 
can you do a handstand and have you shaved your nipples? Um, did you have I say yes to two of those? <laughs> <laughs> um, have you never been grounded, Kim? I've never been grounded. My parents didn't believe in it. So uh, we, we were, um, we were, uh, we were the disappointed in not grounded. And I think that might be worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, I think I received similar parenting style, though. And they never told us they didn't believe in grounding. I think, though, we only got grounded like a couple of times. Yeah. So, um, that's also not like I just didn't get in trouble. So they might not they they may have grounded us like if I'd done something ground worthy, but I was pretty tame in high school, so there was no reason to ground me. Good girl, Kim. <laughs> so um did you that have any of. other favorite kid questions? Um not the questions, but the comment, the that little tiny, I'm going to just call him Tiny Tim because he would make the perfect Tiny Tim. I think it's Luke. Tiny, yeah. We'll call him Tiny Luke. His rationality for why he likes Clayton was phenomenal. Phenomenal. He has a lot of grocery, or he has a lot of muscles, so he could probably help bring in the groceries. It's really all you need. And I mean, I love it. I, I make, he made me so happy. it was pretty wonderful to like hear kids take on what you should expect in a life partner yeah um I really liked that um one of the girls um said what we all already knew and that is that Martin wears too much cologne um I always imagined that he smelled like a ba- bottle of Axe body spray. I was just going to say, he's the guy that still wears Axe body spray. So is Blake. Yes. Like Blake is too. They're like, you know, if, if there is a possibility that this person wears Axe body spray, you should run. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Because Axe body spray is terrible. And you should never wear it after the age of 14, if at all. So stop wearing Axe body spray. There we go. Like that is the change that we are making in the world today. <laughs> the world is a better place because of this. Um, stop buying Axe body spray. So Clayton kind of comes in by, and, you know, plays the game by inviting the kids to build a fort. And inside the fort, they interrogate him and ask him really important questions like, have you farted in front of Michelle? And he's like, no. And then he's like, okay, maybe. (laughs) This was fantastic because we finally like saw Clayton. I mean, Clayton is the mashed potatoes of this season. There's another Thanksgiving reference, but he's like the mashed potatoes of this season. But he, he might be like, mashed potatoes with a little bit of cheddar now because he like we finally see his personality coming out a little bit absolutely and I mean he seems you know pretty fun um I also like I love the kid element of this segment because I really felt like you did learn 
like they're better questions than like, you know, whatever they're asking them to get them to do the confessionals and things like that. I'm also, like you said, like, I love like the kids set of criteria that they evaluate them in by. Um, So the kids do choose Clayton for the one-on-one date and their first stop is the Natural History Museum where we witness Clayton's amazing moves, which are apparently his approach to a mating call. And um, then they gaze at stars in a planetarium and share a somewhat chaste kiss. Um, You know, it becomes pretty clear early on in this date. I felt that Clayton is a really good guy and yeah. Michelle likes him, but that the chemistry between them is not anywhere close to what she has with the other guys. Do you think that this is kind of the first time he's ever had to try with girls because he was the big man on the football team in high school and in college? And so girls probably just like blocked to him. And so now he he doesn't know how to be the the guy creator. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's possible. I think it's possible that he's a nice guy, but just not Michelle's type. I think that I think it's also possible that had he got a one on one earlier in the season. I mean, I just think at this point you know, they are about to go to hometowns and she has progressed. I mean, you know, Nate and Joe, especially, um, you feel like she has these like kind of deep connections with. And then so for Clayton to kind of come in at this point, I think it has to really, really be there and be there quick and intense. And, and I think it's not. And on top of that too, I do think like, it's kind of this funny thing where like, it seems like Michelle has had some intense experiences and some of the other guys are like, I've had intense experiences too. And they kind of like match and Clayton's like, Oh, like he, you know, like he's like you said, a little bit mashed potato-y I'm a little bit white bread, you know, like, and so I also just think that he hasn't, his life seems pretty easy peasy. Not that like, I think hers has been particularly hard, but I do think, um, he's hard as an athlete because that you don't, that's, that's hard to be a college athlete. is hard. You don't just walk in and whatever, but yeah, I don't know that. So my deep hatred for Mizzou is going to come out again. I don't know that you have to work that hard at an SEC school if you're on the football team. So I don't, I'm generalizing. He's probably like brilliant. I mean, he said he's getting his MBA, so he's a smart man, but I don't know that his struggles are the same as her struggles. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to compare struggles um, when they're so different. Like his struggles are very different than her struggles. He's had them. We all have them, but his struggles and her struggles are very different. And she can identify with Nate and Joe and Raymond because they have had similar struggles. Yeah. And yeah. And so I just think that like, you know, maybe if they had connected more earlier on, it would have had time to grow 
into yeah. some like deeper yeah. connection. But given that she had these experiences where she could connect quickly and more intensely with other people earlier on, I just think he, he can't catch up. Yeah. Um, so um, at dinner, you know, Clayton kind of talks through some of his struggles, but it is kind of awkward because it it is just clear that she's not feeling it. And so she sends him home. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on how she sent him home or anything like that? I think I kind of love her picking up the rose, walking people out with it. So they think, oh, we're going outside to get the rose. And then she's like, tucks it back in her pocket and is like, see ya. Like, I kind of love that that's her method this season. We've seen it a couple of times. We will see it again tonight. Like, I just, I kind of love that. Yeah. She, like, she she takes control. (laughs) Um, I wish we could have gotten to know Clayton better, but he just didn't rise to the top early. And he was... He just kind of like coasted in and he never got very much screen time. And then by the time he finally got screen time and you're like, oh, you are sweet. You are nice. It was too late. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, at this point, we really are going. Clayton's the next Bachelor. Like, really? Um, <laughs> so the producers get all producery on us and invite the kids <laughs> to say bye to Clayton and they hand him these handwritten red letters that express how sad they are that it didn't work out. And they tell him that they hope yeah. he will find love. And Clayton chokes up and he says that this process has really revealed to him how much he wants to have a family. Yep. Thoughts about this moment? I kept saying, I kept expecting the transition from that part of the show to a commercial that said, this season on The Bachelor, Clayton. Like I just the way they had it set up, I was fully expecting this would be the episode that they announced. Yeah. They officially announced it. And they 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 clearly they clearly laid several hints throughout the episode, but they haven't still haven't officially. Yeah. Well, so what I will say is I think that what I appreciated about it is I do think that many people can relate to having like kind of this moment where you're like, oh yeah, I really do want this thing, Mm -hmm. right? And you can't always predict what it is that's going to like trigger that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and to like also that and relate to that moment where you realize you really want this thing, but like also you don't have it and it's, sad and you know and so I thought that it was really good television I felt a little uncomfortable especially like I think there's like a confessional moment where like he was like in a hallway or something like that and they were having him talk where every once in a while I have these moments where I'm like it's really creepy that we watch and like this show you know, like that I'm watching this man be in pain and that like, it's for my entertainment. And I like felt very voyeuristic and icky. And yeah. but I also like, like those moments because I think, um, to you, I guess I'm getting a little 
extra credit on y'all. And um, there's a theater practitioner, um, Bertolt Brecht, who writes about an alienation effect. And it's like, basically he argues that when we get into performances that are, and we're really emotionally captivated by it, that we lose the ability to be critical, that we lose the ability to ask questions about it, or like we are kind of passive recipients of it instead, and we kind of get lost. So he comes up with different methods that sort of reveal to audiences that what you're watching is a performance so that you can then think more thoughtfully (laughs) about, I'm like laughing, think more thoughtfully, but like, you know, to be more um, critical um, about what it is that you're watching. And so I felt, felt like that was like one of those moments for me that like, I mean, this show has plenty of them, but it was one of those moments where it asked me to sort of evaluate my own sort of the ethics of watching, if you will. Well, and I also thought, I think it's good to show men having emotion on TV as much as possible to show that it is normal and it is okay. And I know there are a lot of boyfriends and husbands that aren't watching the show with their wives and girlfriends. I'm air quoting for those of you listening, but are absolutely like in the room and are watching and listening. And so I think it's, I think it's great when for him, I think it was genuine. And so I think it is great to continue to show that so that more and more men and women see normalized men showing emotion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so a bit of a shift here. So we moved to the group date. um, as like as uh as we were watching kim was like oh this is the bachelorette farm episode (laughs) right so their group date is on this farm where they milk a cow churn butter scoop poop um (laughs) joe shines martin uh, about it i hmm if like it may it would have it makes I don't know if they did I assume they did but it would make sense if the girls on crystal season went to a farm and did farm chores because if they married Chris they would live on a farm and have to do farm choice chores not toys I don't see Michelle living on a farm unless it's like a hobby farm where they have like a cow and organic like I, I don't see this as her future so I don't know why they need to every time go to somebody's farm and terrorize these poor farm animals. And I don't need to see grown men shoveling manure. I see it. I've seen it. I see I've done it. It's not that sexy. It's not exciting. Um, and But I do love Michelle was in sky high boots and and she was shoveling manure in those sky high boots. And I hope they are washable because those are destroyed if she, if they aren't, but I don't do something. I know we're still in we're farm activities pre COVID, or is this something they have to do because they have to go, they have to find outdoor activities near where they're set. I mean, I think that this is probably, I mean, I do think that COVID has something to do with it. Um, that being said, 
I do think that the show has this tendency to sort of play on stereotypes, right? So, um, you know, this idea that the Midwest, even if it's Minneapolis, is still like farm country. And, you know, is, and like that somehow captures the experience of anyone living there. You know, so I think that it's not uncommon for the show to kind of play on those things. Um, We had a little bit of a conversation about, I find it really interesting the amount of attention they've put on Michelle's job. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out how to process that. Cause on one hand, I, you know, to be frank about things, I feel like our nation is a bit hostile towards teachers right now. And so to, um, recast I guess teacher as hero as I feel that they are is something that I feel like I should be on board with but there's also I think that it's really interesting because like sometimes I'm like I feel like they ignore their work life so much that I find it weird but then I also find it really weird where like her entire identity and everything about Michelle has become about her being a teacher. Do you think part of it is because she has a job that the normal average American recognizes because some of the jobs that previous bachelorettes have had haven't been a traditional, like a traditional, well-known middle America career. And so that they want to highlight, I think you're absolutely right that they're trying to like highlight, Hey, stop being, can I swear on this? Stop being dicks to teachers, knock it off. Look how, look how amazing this teacher is and her fake students. (laughs) And and, um, also we can talk about her job because we can talk about her job. Like if you are an influence, if your job is an influencer on Instagram, it's hard to bring that job into everyday conversation on the show where if you're a teacher or you're a nurse or you can, you or gosh, I'm going into all the lady stereotype jobs or a doctor. I think, but I think, I think the fact that it is this very, um, she takes care of kids and we expect teachers to be very um, nurturing and mm-hmm. right. It's not, it's that like she loves her students. Right. And so even though she's on the show, she's like trying to still maintain, you know, her relationship with her teachers. I, I do feel, I think you're right. It's something that people feel like they understand it maybe seems more interesting than like, if you were like, well, this person works in an office and files papers and fills up forms, <laughs> right? Like, how would you like hard to talk that? about that every week? You know? Yeah. You wouldn't like how many, you know, cutesy things could you create from that? But I also do wonder if some of it is, especially this franchise has this um, kind of a Pollyanna feel in terms of, how it perceives romance compared to like other reality TV shows that maybe feel a little more risque or something like that. And I feel like, I feel like this is part of this like narrative of like Michelle as like a good girl. Right. Yeah. 
and probably a good black girl um, at that. So I, I just like, there's something that feels a little weird to me about it, but at the same time, time like I really do like the kids asking questions <laughs> I mean she is more than basketball and teaching but they really only focus on the basketball and teaching yes yes I want to know if she knits every night like normal other cool people do so they don't snack while they're watching television like what else does she do besides play basketball and teach adorable fake children and real children. She teaches real children, but not on this show. Last night, like if you had children in her classroom, would you even want them to be exposed on this show? Like I just, I would, as if I was a parent of one of her students, I would not, I would support her. I'd be excited for her, but I wouldn't want my kid on the show. I, you know, I have questions too about not just with Michelle, but with many of the leads on the bachelor and bachelorette or even VIP. Like, I don't know how you kind of go back to a normal career. Right. Um, I just think that that would be, you know, be like, especially like your belly. I was just on good morning America and I don't know. Um, it seems like it'd be a weird adjustment. Millions of people have seen me eat tacos off of somebody. <laughs> now I'm going to go back to my office job. Like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I'll just sell like energy drinks on Instagram. So during the evening portion of the date, Nate reveals that he's never introduced a girl to his dad. And he tells Michelle that he's falling for her. And she reciprocates by saying that she has very strong feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I think that there's like an energy or a banter between them that I really like. Yeah. They have fun together. They, they could have fun, like continually have fun together. And she like calls him on stuff. Like I thought it was so funny when he was like faking his like back ache or whatever. And then like goes and gets a kiss from her. And she's like, Oh my gosh, like you are, you know, like I just feel like I appreciate that kind of, Mm -hmm. Um, there's something there. So, um, everyone's having these like great moments with Michelle and Martin thinks to himself, well, how can I stir this up? So he starts talking about how Michelle just misunderstood him last week and starts making some accusations of Michelle because he's a complete tool. And, um, Olu is not having it and he snitches on Martin um, in the most respectful way that a person can snitch. And then Michelle grabs a rose, as Kim was mentioning, talks <laughs> to Martin. And then Martin denies pretty much everything, gaslights Michelle. Cause he's like, oh, like you're kind of making this up. Like, you know, you need to trust me. And she's not having it. Um, she says, hey, you have to let me speak. Um, and then she sends him packing. You know, thoughts on this debacle? I mean, he is the worst. I'm. It's, he's he's the epitome of it's not it's not me, it's you, and it's a hundred percent him. Like he's just douchiness oozes out of him every time he opens his mouth, and he has such a a different 
idea of who he is than everybody else. And you can tell that the guys don't really, you can just tell when the guys don't really enjoy being around someone. And it's not because they're trying to like gang up on them to get rid of him, but he's genuinely not a fun person to be around, I think, in that, in that group. And they, and I respect Olu for not like, because a lot of times when, when they do this, when something like Olu did, they try to like, I'm just, I'm telling you what I've, I've seen, but you know, and he just like straight out, like, here's what he's saying. I want you to be aware of the situation. Thank you. And good evening. Like, yeah, I respected, I respected how he handled it. Cause I think she should, she needed to know. And I also respected that she didn't dink around. She just got him out. She was done. Yeah. I mean, I think that what kind of got me is I feel a little tricked by Martin. So like at the beginning, I remember sort of being like, oh, he's friends with Jamie. Like that kind of not making sense to me. And now I'm like, oh, it makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. to me that he and Jamie um, were good friends. And I remember sort of like liking Martin and being like, how am I going to get over his hair you know <laughs> and then like now i like no i should have trusted my gut it's the least um, of his problems yes and then his hair is the least of his problems so um yeah i kind of just feel like then you saw more and more of martin come out and it was he's awful um you do have these moments though where you're like you know that there are cameras and like this is gonna be cut and edited not in your favor like how do you not think he has no self I think he genuinely has no self-awareness like he does not know that his personality is problematic so snaky so Mm -hmm. like oh I'm just gonna keep trying to cover my ass and yeah, I don't know. It was really uncomfortable. So um, then she has this one-on-one date with Brandon and they start by having some ice cream and then they head to her parents' house and they are not home. And it's clearly this, like they're making out in the hot tub and it's clearly like a setup by the entire show. They all have to know exactly what's going yeah. on. So First of all, I think it's hilarious how Brandon's date was edited because Stillwater, where the ice cream lives, is way the heck um, on the river is about from where her parents live. It's probably about a good solid hour to hour and a half with traffic. And Stillwater is an amazing town. They should have just and hopefully they didn't. They just edited out. But they could have spent an entire date having a blast in Stillwater and instead they go to her house and sit in a hot tub. Like, I know it's all producers and I know it's such a niche thing that only like the people that live or are from that area even know about, but it was so staged so that they could have the awkward interaction with her parents. And then the- Well, and I felt like they were playing so Brandon feels really young and he's not old. I mean, he's 20 so young. Yeah. 26, but I, you know, you could tell me that he was 23 and I would have been like 16. I mean, he has a baby face. And so I felt like they were like almost creating this like high school, like experience 
Where yeah. you like sneak into your making out, not making out. I mean, can you also imagine if this was real? And I mean, like, this is the thing is they get us to suspend our disbelief. And if this is real and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to catch my kid making out with someone in the hot tub and he's wearing my pants. And then 10 minutes later, he's going to ask for my daughter's hand in marriage. Yeah. It seemed a bit rushed um, and crazy. And I think her dad did a good job of just kind of having the face of, I mean, this is my life right now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one of the questions that I had is it, it felt so super staged. The Mm -hmm. parents had to have known, Mm -hmm. right? Out the door, like there was no like, oh, is the door unlocked? It was just like, you don't normally just like go through your house and out onto your back deck when you get home from something, unless you're letting no. a dog out or something. And they weren't letting a dog out. They were just, let's both go out on the deck right now. Oh, no. so I mean, it's clearly staged. My question is, does Michelle know? And my other question is, did Brandon know? Or did they like keep Brandon, especially like, did they not let him know so that they could get him genuinely surprised? You know, like, I just have some questions about how used he was in this situation. I'm about to go a little into biology right now, but I think they knew or they had time to adjust because Brandon didn't have to put any hands in front of himself when he got out of the hot tub and they were making out pretty hardcore. So unless they had like, they, um, unless he's like not a normal 26 year old man or there was enough time or they were like faking it so that he wasn't getting excited and having to cover anything when they got up. I think they maybe knew. he just had, maybe he was just really swimming in those pants. <laughs> maybe. I don't think in he dad's, was. In dad's drugs. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about him asking for michelle's hand in marriage no too soon (laughs) too soon i was like is he like confused about where we are in the show like because like i you know i was like does he feel like you know because they're at her house you know, like that's what they typically you get one shot with the parents usually on the show. Yeah. And so I was like, is he just like, oh, well, this is what you do at this point in the show. Yeah. And I mean, he's eager. I believe that he is uh, he is ready to marry Michelle. I believe that. Yes. I or the producer say, go ask her dad. Go ask her dad. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So at dinner, then Brandon gives Michelle a bracelet that his mom made. Um, He's super sweet. I really, okay. I really like Brandon, but he doesn't have a shot. No, he doesn't. Clearly two front runners and everybody else is just kind of biding their time. And I think that he's going to get crushed because I don't think he knows that he doesn't have a shot. Yeah. So, um, after that, we have a rose ceremony. They skip the cocktail party once again. Um, kind of, I think, generally unsurprising. Olu and Rick are the two that go home. Yeah. I was sad to see Olu go because he always looks fantastic. Um, but I wasn't surprised that he didn't make the final four. 
Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think he was that surprised either. I feel like Rick was a little bit, right? Like, I think Rick felt, you know, like he had a connection with Michelle. And I think he was a little bit surprised by it. Um, yeah, so um, we've really narrowed it down. We have four black or I mean, at least I guess I don't know. I guess I would say black, but four black contestants. Yeah, people of color. I don't, you know, I was going to say I can't always guess those things. But um, so in the final reels, they do pretty much announce Clayton as the next Bachelor. Yep. Thoughts on this decision after we got to see him a little more? I'm still not excited. I'm not excited, but I'd rather it be him than Blake. Yeah, oh my goodness. I'm really bummed yes. if it's both of them. If oh. they have two bachelors, I'm going to be really bummed if, if they're both, if those are the two. My dog's being really annoying. So I'm going to go open the door quick. No worries. Um, I, I just think that he will, um, he'll be fine. I just don't think, I think because he is so, middle of the road I think the women that they would cast for his season will either be wild or super boring also and if they're wild I think it's going to be a train wreck of a season because I don't think that he would enjoy that and if they're if they're like middle of the road it'll be a really boring season I feel like this is like their attempt to sort of appease viewers that have not been happy with yeah Chris Harrison with yep you know with the more I guess progressive aspects of the show yep. and and that's not to say that I think Clayton I don't know what Clayton's like politics or views or anything are but there's just ways that he feels is there like what's the name for Pollyanna but a dude is there like a Pollyanna name for dudes? Jack from 30 Rock? No, <laughs> um, the page. Um, Kenneth. Kenneth. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just like something that's, you know, he's he feels like old school bachelor franchise in a lot of ways. You know, just like very, I'm like a nice upstanding guy. He probably loves God. Right, like, and he's probably like what they wanted crystals to be. Yes. Um, and I feel like this is so. Yeah, I mean, I'm also really wild women. I don't know how he would handle that. I don't think he would like it. I just don't. I genuinely don't think he would. I do believe if they are trying to cast the idea that this is genuinely a show about finding love and this guy is here for love, not the wrong reasons, that like that's if that's like their play, they got it with Clayton. Yep. Uh, Any lessons learned from this episode? Um. The producers don't understand what Minneapolis is, <laughs> what people in Minneapolis do for fun on the weekends. Oh we do farms. <laughs> we might go to apple orchards, but we don't shovel anywhere. Now, Kim, you lived in Minneapolis for a little while. Yeah. Right? Yep. Well, I, li- 
I lived in St. Paul. It's very different, um, but I worked in Minneapolis. The two cities are very aggressive. It's kind of like Waterloo Cedar Falls, um, where it's better than it used to be, but it's two very distinct cities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what my lesson was. I mean, I think that my lesson learned is that we should all ask questions like we're kids really all the time, but especially when we're seeking out relationships and have kids like be your, um, like kind of to, Oh God, the word is escaping me, but like to kind of like check your dates before you get too far into a relationship, have them sit down with children that you trust and have them like berate them with questions and see how they handle it. Cause if they can't handle it at all, then that's not a good sign. And if they don't find it fun or they get overwhelmed, that's probably not a good sign too. Unless you are like, I don't like kids either. I don't, this doesn't bother me, but I love the idea of having kids be like your first round of questioning when you're dating someone. I think that I would like the next time that I chair a search committee to have like a seven-year-old on the search. I just like feel like that is a great way to also have colleagues. (laughs) I love that idea. I think there should be a, there should be a kid included in every major decision ever because they're the ones who will be like, why are you doing it that way? That's crazy. And you're thinking it, but we're like, "Mm -hmm." it doesn't come out the same. And a seven-year-old be like, well, that's dumb. Don't do that. Yes. You'd be like, thank you. I've been thinking that for a decade. Right? <laughs> this kid gets it. He's backing me up. Yep. Yes. I love it. So any final shout outs? Oh man. Um, congratulations to Hannah. No, yeah, no. Katie and John. Um, way to go, Hannah and Pete, I guess. I mean, you get yours. And Tasha, you'll have, there's, there's better out there. Someone who doesn't let you walk during a marathon is not a good person. Nope. That's a good lesson learned. Mm-hmm. So, you well, know your body. We'll be doing um, the raffle to see who wins uh, Sue's, Mama Sue's tie-dye here yes. soon. So, um, yeah. And Get your reviews in, folks. You bet. So would I would I be um, would I I wouldn't be able to. We would let you qualify. I, did, I have I have some of Sue's magic work, so I probably should let somebody else win it because I have towels and some other stuff from Sue. It is magical. So y'all are in for a treat. It's so cool. happy week, y'all. I hope happy that you're relaxing. Eating yes. Lots. Eat, eat lots. You've been listening to Batchadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Thanks for listening.